It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, back with you as we continue our number two of the show, brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I ever had, five locations in the Valley. Head on out to any great Grimaldi's near you. I get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza, great salads, the Mediterranean, obviously the Caesar. You can get a calzone. You ever get a calzone? Fantastic. You might think it's hot now. Go to Grimaldi's and cool off. Watch the games. Head on out to Grimaldi's and we'll have those $50 gift certificates that we give out during the start of the regular season. We're going to play Derek Carr's media session today for a couple of reasons. Number one, it made big news. So it made national news what he had to say. So that's important. Number two, we want your reaction to it. Until Derek starts going on radio shows, comes on with us again, all we can do is react to what Derek says in the mandatory media sessions and get a feel for what you think. I don't think Derek Carr is very polarizing at all. I think he's a great guy. Great family guy, husband, father, tremendous role model, and the guy's playing his guts out for this organization. And he he lives and dies for the team. He does. And this year, I think he continues to get better and better. You know, the prime of a quarterback, I used to think, was between the age of 28 and 32, 33. Now I think the prime of a quarterback is from 30 to 37 or 38. Look at Aaron Rodgers. That's 37 winning the MVP. So Carr in the big picture is still a young player, but he's not under contract long-term, and the guaranteed money's pretty much up. So a big decision has to be made with Derek, and I think the Raiders are in a good position. I think Derek's in a good position because if the Raiders didn't want him long-term, a bunch of teams would, but if Derek plays well, the amount of money that quarterbacks made have gone up substantially since he signed his original deal. You know, I think he's better than a $25 million quarterback when we're looking at guys now that are going to make up to $45 million. And the quarterbacks are moving around a lot, and the Raiders have consistency at that position. So if you want to start dialing now or at the end of the interview after about 12, 13 minutes, you could dive in and call. I want your reaction to this conversation Derek Carr had earlier today in Henderson with the media. Hey, Derek. Uh, Levi with Raiders.com. This is uh, kind of a two-parter. Uh, one, can you talk about the relationship that you've been able to establish with uh, your new receiver, John Bryan? And uh, also, how excited are you about the Golden Knights? Yeah, so one, I'll probably talk about uh, Smoke, John, John Brown. <laughs> I think we'll all get used to calling him Smoke. So, Smoke, um, awesome person, great great teammate. Reminds me a lot of Nelson. Um, uh, very fast. Uh, very smart, works hard, um, but is a great person, just like Nelly. You know, I think that uh, they're very similar players. So, he's uh, sad to lose Nelly. Love him, wish him the best. Uh, love the guy uh, so much, but happy to get smoke here. Love that guy. Uh, great relationship with him already. And uh, the Knights uh, was at the game last night. Took my boys. My boys are huge hockey fans now, so I'm learning the rules as we go. But I. Uh, I, I've loved it. It's just it's just fun to watch other people play at a high level, and uh, you know just to feel the city's energy, the support for our team. It's been really cool, 
I've uh, gotten to know some of those players and uh, just want to continue to support those guys. Our city's been great in doing that, so uh, hopefully they can uh, keep it up. They've been they've been doing great. Hey, Derek, uh, I'm just curious, you know, what you've seen out of uh, Kenyon Drake and kind of what element you think he brings to your guys' offense that maybe you guys were lacking before. Yeah, I think Kenyon is a, is a great player, uh, super fast, super explosive. Um, I don't know if we were missing it, but I think he adds just a dimension of just another threat. He's Him and Jalen are similar, you know, uh, uh, Richard, that is um, very similar. Um, uh, but, you know, Drake, you know, obviously he's, he's played a lot of football. He, he, he's a receiver background. Uh, you know how coach likes to throw certain routes to the running backs and things like that. I mean, we design plays sometimes to, make, to get it to the running back so he can break a tackle. So um, I think, think KD will be really good at that for us, and he's a great dude. I've, I've really enjoyed being around him. Hey, Derek, Anthony. You, you only touched on John Brown and Drake just just now. I'm just can you talk a little bit more about both of them? Also with the Willie Sneed, just your impressions of what can we bring to the offense? Yeah, I think that uh, they bring uh, some good football, you know, in their background. Uh, I think they bring a hunger, a desire to win, uh, which is great. Uh, I really feel that we've been over the last few years just getting guys that just have this hunger and desire to win and we, we've been we've been progressing not at the rate we want to but we're progressing and hopefully we take another jump but adding guys like this only helps that so um, Willie's another guy great football player physical really strong hands reminds me of Crabtree's strong hands uh, real strong hands uh, very physical football player uh, I'm excited to see him when the pads come on. Hey Derek it's Josh um, so this seem to be the offseason unhappy quarterbacks around the league and um, whether Aaron, Deshaun, Russell, you obviously haven't had the greatest situation around you, it would be fair to say, but we haven't ever heard a peep from you. What, why Why are you that way? As opposed to, you know, no public complaints, nothing like that. But. Yeah, you know, Josh, that's a great question. Honestly, like, um, I, I can't speak on their situations. I don't know. We, none of us really will know what happens in conversations behind closed doors and all that. So I, I, I can't, but I can speak for myself and... I, I'm of the mindset, I'm that old school mentality. I'm playing for one team and that's it. You know, I, I give, whether we've won enough or not, you know, I, I literally give every bit of energy and effort that I can um, to, this, to this organization. And <clears throat> when, I, when I sign a contract, I, you know, I, I completely, uh, in my mind, have to fulfill that. You know, there's, you know, uh, I, I committed to that. I, I put my name on paper, I, I committed to that. And, uh, you know, that's just how I was raised. So, uh, again, I'm from Fresno, California, you know, born in Fresno. I, you know, my dad was, you know, worked in the car business. My mom helped it, you know, substitute, uh, you know, teaching and all different kinds of stuff at the church and all that kind of stuff. So we didn't have a whole bunch of stuff growing up, so I don't need much, you know. And so uh, for me, it's more about loyalty. It's more about um being the same guy every single day you know I my goal Josh was when I got here to you know give everything I have to this organization um let our fans know I'm I'm giving it all that I have and I will always continue to do that on on season off season and uh and whether the situation is great or not that's okay people can say whatever they want I know what I've put on film I know the things that I've been able to accomplish and I still want more there's still more and I want to do it here I don't want to do it anywhere else. I've said it over and over again. I, 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 
I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I, I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I, I just feel that so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. You know, I believe that. I don't need, I don't need a perfect situation to make things right. I, I, I kind of... I think we can all agree that if, if we were able to pull it off and win a championship here, that, that would feel much better than just piling a whole bunch of great players together and figuring, joining up and doing it that way. I think it would be much more special and uh, it'd feel probably a little bit better. From what we've been through uh, to where I think we're going, I think it'd feel, I just think personally that'd be a cooler story for my life. And for other people, they want to do other things, that's great. That's up to them. But for me, I'd rather, I'd rather go down with the ship, you know what I'm saying, if I have to. You know, I, that's just my personality. Hi, Derek. New guy, Damian from USA Today. How nice was it to have uh, Kenyon and Josh on the field together for the first time? And how do you see them complement each other in this offense? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, they're going to complement each other great. You know, Kenyon's not just a a route running kind of running back. I mean, he's had nine hundred and something thousand yard seasons. You know, like the guy's a good football player. So when you have two backs like that, you don't have to kill Josh. You know, Josh doesn't have to. Uh, you know, he, he could be fresh every snap. Could you imagine that, having to tackle that guy fresh every single time? Oh, here comes Drake. Oh, here comes Jalen Richard. You know, here, com here comes Alec Engel. You know, it, we have these guys, and then you think about the receivers, the speed now at receiver. <coughs> you think about Waller, Foster, Carrier. Like, that's a pretty explosive group, you know. And so the more pieces that you have on offense – the more problems it creates for coordinators and the less they can do, you know. If they want to do more, that, that opens them up to risk of more mental errors and things like that. So uh, people are going to have to decide what they what they want to defend. And uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to get in good plays and, uh, you know, counteract that a little bit. Hey, Derek, Ed Greeny from the RJ. Um... Can you? I want to stay on the Josh theme a little bit in terms of his trajectory. What you know, he's produced so much in a short time. What do you expect from him? What do you see from him? And where do you kind of see him going? Yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, it's a team game, right? I got to keep. I got, I got to keep putting him in good run looks. If I stop caring about the run game, that hurts Josh Jacobs. You know, uh, I got to put us in good run looks all the time. You know, that's that's my job. Offense line has to do their part. You know, Alex got to do his part. The tight ends, the backside blocks on the receivers. Some of the bigger run plays come because receivers are downfield blocking. You know, everything is taken care of in here. Well, the receivers got to go get blocks. We know Josh will show up in shape. We know Josh is going to show up ready to play. He loves football. He's a great teammate. He's a great guy to be around and all those things. So uh, I think the trajectory is going to be as high as all of us together go. You know, he, he can, as a running back, I mean, you watch guys like uh, – uh, you know, I'm not even going to go there because I don't want someone to ask me about why I think their run game was terrible. But there's some really good running backs that didn't run for many yards, right? And you watch the film and you're like, well, it's no wonder. You know, this guy on this run play never gets that block. You know, <laughs> there's guys in the backfield. His average is lower because he's not getting to the line of scrimmage before he's getting hit, you know. So it's a it's an all-encompassing thing. But we believe if we get everything right, if I put us in the run look and everyone can take care of their part, we believe Josh can house some really long runs and be – one of the best running backs in the NFL. Hey, Derek. Uh, Case from Las Vegas Sun. Um, 
I know you've already talked about how much you're enjoying the Golden Knights run, and time and time again you've said no one's hungrier for success than you. But I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, to, to see what they're doing and being at the games, to, to, does it kind of uh, motivate you or give you a vision of what it would look like uh, in this city if you guys get to where you want to go with the, with the full building and stuff like that next year? Yeah, Case, it, it really does. I told uh, I told Mark Stone, I said, you guys are inspiring us. You know, I was like, it's this is awesome. You know, being in that building, watching this city, I didn't know anything about Vegas. Paul did, but that's about it, you know. Like, I didn't know anything about Vegas, you know, before we got here, you know. And I just thought it was the strip, and that was it. But what I've learned is it's a small community of people that really know each other and care about each other. Like, I'm sitting there at the game. I'm meeting people that work at this business, that saw me at this restaurant, did this. Did, you know, I'm, and I know these people. I'm having conversations. I grew up in the same areas. It's been electric, you know, about all of those people coming together and supporting one thing. You know, it's... It's really cool, even during the bad stuff. Like, they're, like, completely all for their team. You know, they just are happy to be there. So it's been really cool. Like, yesterday I met, I met Wayne Newton, by the way. I met Wayne Newton, which was crazy. Couldn't believe it. But uh, super nice guy. His wife, very nice. Wayne Newton, shout out to you, man. It's nice to meet you. But uh, it's been really cool uh, just seeing the city come together. And just I try and take that and imagine what 70,000 people would be like, you know, with laser shows and the music and all that i'm sure i'm sure our defense would be really excited to go go hit some people with that kind of atmosphere now for me please be as quiet as a church mount you know we, please be quiet but when the defense is out there it'd be cool to see we go vic chris adam and jesse hey derek this is vic um with carl joseph back i think you guys know I have four guys who were here before john got here nicholas morrow and john richard you guys talked about that and also you guys talked about what progress you've seen in, in his last three years? Yeah, you, you know, Vic, we, we joke about it all the time. You know, I, you know, we say, man, well, we're next. You know, you know, we always joke, you know, about that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, if we're the last ones, that means we're on deck, you know. Uh, but no, nah, we, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, what it, you know what it says? I'm going to speak to this because I don't think it happens enough in sports. It says, it shows like, like guys can go through some adverse times, right? Different coaches, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was talking to Nick, like he's been through so many different systems and this kind of stuff, yet that he continues to just be the same guy every day, work his tail off, give his organization everything he has. And when new coaches show up, they fall in love. And it's it's really a testament to the young guys. Like I tell the young guys all the time, watch Nick Morrow. Well, watch that guy. Watch Carl Joseph. He's going to do everything right. Watch Jalen. He's going to do everything right. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it's no surprise that when new coaches come in, they're like, wow, we love that guy. We got we to gotta keep him around. So it's been it's really cool to see <clears throat> you know those guys are still here obviously i miss the guys that aren't here you know those are some of my best friends but it's really cool to see it work out for some of these guys for one way or the other right money comes in situations there's a younger guy whatever some things happen but these guys are stuck around and to see carl come back that, that shows you what he thinks about what we're doing here you know he, he believes in what what we're doing and i think he's happy to be back Hey, Derek, I was just wondering, you've been a number of years uh, as the uh, this Chris over at Channel 8. Uh, uh, each year you go into a year optimistic, obviously you're an optimistic guy. What What is the difference maybe this year than in past years that you say, you know what, we could be turning the corner now when, you know, uh, it, years past, three years ago, I may have said the same thing, but is there a is there a difference this, th this year that you kind of think, man, this really could be the year that we have turned that corner in line? And then I was just going to ask you about the offensive line and what do you think of those guys? Yeah, kind I of think. A revamped line. Yeah, Chris, that's a good question. Yeah, I'd say, it's, I'll go to the first part of that. 
I'm always optimistic. You know, you guys know that. I'm never, never going to be negative. You know, what's the what's the point? It's a waste of time. You know, I don't get many years to in my life to play this game, so I'm not going to waste it with you know down thoughts. I can't, I can't do it. Uh, secondly, uh, I think that we've added some pieces uh, in the whole organization that I believe give us a really good chance to win. And I think Mr. Mayock, Coach Gruden. They've done an excellent job of getting people that, I, I said it last year, of that love football, that are going to work their tail off, and they just continue to bring in people. They continue to keep guys that, 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 that will work and do exactly what they ask. And when you have, this is the ultimate team sport. Everyone's got to be on the same page. Everyone's got to be moving in the same direction. And we have a group of guys that does that, that do that, and we've added more talent. You know, uh, I, I keep saying, you know, I love, I absolutely love. We had the worst off season, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and time will tell, you know, we'll see. But we believe that we've gotten better, and we believe that we're progressing. So uh, it's it's an exciting time for me, you know. But I'm I'm just gonna keep downplaying it because I just get I just get tired of talking about it, you know. I, I, I can see it, but we got to go do it. You know what I mean? And the offensive line, very excited for those guys. But, uh, again, we got to go prove it. I, I love Rodney. I love Gabe. Um, those some of my best friends I've ever had, you know, and they, they will be, you know, until I'm 80 years old, you know. Uh, but those guys are on new teams and really excited about Andre. You know, obviously, Rick, Richie's back, Denzel, John Simpson. I mean, I can name all these guys. They've been in here in this building as much as they've been allowed. They've been here every day working their tail off and, I'm excited to, I think they're excited to show everybody that they're ready to play too. Last two, Adam and Jesse. Yeah, uh, Adam Hill, Boston, Michigan Journal. I, I also want to ask about the offensive line. I, just, I think there's a lot of optimism from everybody we talked to about that line and, and where they could go. But how much does that optimism have to turn into trust, you know, from, for, from day one? And then how, how close you develop in that, and especially taking snaps with a new guy? Yeah, this, this is a. Uh... What is this? The first time in seven years, six years, I've had a different, you know, a different center, you know. So uh, that'll be new. But really, during the season when you know Rodney wouldn't practice on certain Wednesdays, you know, I was with Andre anyway, and so uh, Andre started a game for us. And Andre's a good player. Uh, obviously, time, time will tell for him uh, what he's going to be, and he'll he'll let his play do the talking. But uh, he's a he's a heck of a player, and I'm excited about him. Now, trust wise, we've had a lot of injuries on our offensive line throughout the years, so I've played with a lot of these guys already. You know, so it's not like I'm looking at just new faces that I haven't seen before. You know, I've played I've played with these guys, and uh, especially the caliber of players they are. They're they're really good football players, and we have Coach Cable. <laughs> you know, so he's going to make sure those guys are ready to play. Last one, Jesse. Hey, Derek, uh, I was actually going to ask about Andre James, but since you kind of touched on that, I'm just curious, you know, you go up against these guys on defense, and I know you guys are in shorts and T-shirts, but who uh, on the other side of the ball has kind of popped to you thus far? Uh, well, I, know it's, I know it's been today, but Yannick, my goodness, um, wow. Uh, what, a, what a guy, you know. And I sit there, I'm like, he's, he's 26 years old? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my goodness. You know, this, is, this is good for the Raiders. And uh, obviously the guys that have been here, um, I'll just say this as a whole. I think the whole defense looks great. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do this season. Um, very, very excited uh, to see what, what Coach Gus Bradley and his staff brings because I've played against them. I know what it's like. Very excited to see what happens this year. But again, we have to go. We have to go prove it. But uh, yeah. But Yannick definitely popped today. You know, when he steps on the field. You know, there's there's certain guys uh, in football where when they step on the field and they do something like that, that's a different level, you know. And uh, he definitely has that about him.
Thank you, everyone. All right, that was Derek Carr today for over 17 minutes. That'll be one of the longest media sessions he does all year. Right there. And you just heard it here on the flagship. Thanks to the writers on Raider Nation Radio. So I wanted to open it up and get get your impression on that. Raider Nation should be reacting to this first. You heard him go, go deep. A couple of big takeaways from me. The last thing about Yannick Ngakwe. So Derek is really high on the defense. I'm high on the defense because I think it's vastly improved on paper. Vastly improved. So Derek thinks that, and that Derek's the quarterback of the team. He practices with them. I think the comment that's going to get the most national play is what ESPN's leading with today is he said that he, w- he would rather be traded than leave the Raiders. Well, Derek Carr, that's a very loyal comment from him. I don't know if his agent agrees with that or what's happening. Normally, you never hear a quarterback say that. You never hear a quarterback say that at all. So why is Derek saying this? I think Derek speaks from the heart. And again, the headline, the headline at ESPN, Carr would probably quit if the Raiders traded him. So look, he's a young guy. I don't think he'd quit if he left, but he's trying to make it clear to the powers that be that he wants to be here. He wants to lock in long-term. Carr, who turned 30 in March, has been asked about how several of his contemporaries add their grievances. That would be Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and why Carr, who has had far from an optimal roster and situation in his career with the Raiders had remained silent. And you heard Derek go down that road. He's not going to talk about other quarterbacks. But here's what's interesting. According to ESPN, and this is Paul Gutierrez, who I hung out with today. So Paul turned this around really quick. Great, great work by Paul Gutierrez. Carr signed a five-year, $125 million extension with the Raiders in June of 2017. That briefly made him the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL. And after starting his career 0-10, Carl was one win from Ebingen's record in Week 3 of 2017. But the Raiders went into a tailspin. And Carr's career record is 47-63. and Carr's 63 losses are the most by a quarterback in the first seven NFL seasons all time. Okay, now I don't blame Derek on all those losses at all. I think Derek could have been a lot worse. Derek could have lost, the team could have lost a lot more games if he didn't play well at a Pro Bowl level. So I'm going to open up the lines here. Let's see if it works again. I got an interview coming up. I'd love to hear from you first, very quickly, your comments on Carr. What would you learn from Carr's comments today? 702-365-9200. Interactive radio. We play it. I give you my opinion. What do you think? 702-365-9200. Especially on his line that he would quit if he got traded. Because right now, Aaron Rodgers is still available. I don't think he's coming here. I think he might go to Denver. Deshaun Watson, if he didn't have legal problems, he'd be available. Probably Denver, too, of the 49ers before the draft. And Derek Carr has proven that he is loyal to this organization and this fan base. He is very loyal. I want to know what you think of Carr on the first day of minicamp because I think some fans are hard on him. I was on that live feed today on Twitter, and there are knuckleheads getting on that live feed saying, you know, this, that. I'm like, oh, my God, these are Raider fans going after the quarterback. I understand if you think there are better quarterbacks because there are better quarterbacks. But if you dip the show in reality – Where does Carr stand with you after all these years? 
And do you believe that he deserves a contract extension? He definitely does. The question is how much and how many years and if the Raiders are interested in doing that long term. I don't know that answer. I would suspect they are because he's an elite quarterback or is the word on the verge of elite. I think he's pretty elite. I think the numbers back it up. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. And you know, I think he's as good as Matthew Stafford. I've, watched, I've seen Matthew Stafford play terrible in a lot of games and lose. And Carr play better. Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. I'd take Carr over Jared Goff today. Maybe others wouldn't. So you go around that league of the top five quarterbacks. Carr's not in that league. Then you go five to ten. He's in that league. Maybe on the back end to eight, nine, ten. And then I think he's ahead of 20 other quarterbacks. So Raider fans, 702-365-9200. Also, Tim Never will join us, voice of the Dodgers, who's a big Vegas guy. He's got a new book out of covering the Dodgers during COVID and getting a world championship ring, which I'm really excited about for him. So he got a world championship ring. He's going to talk about the run and how they were able to do that and what the Dodgers did to win that World Series, which, if you remember, it wasn't as easy as you think. I have an asterisk next to it because they only played 60 games. 60 regular season games isn't good enough for me. Anthony in Minnesota. This is not the Minnesota Viking flagship, but he's a Raider fan in Minnesota. Go ahead, sir. Hey, diehard Raider fan, born in Oakland, been going to games since the 70s. Love your show, Jay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, about Carr. I've been thinking about this for a while and listening to all the comments made on different uh, podcasts and your show and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm living and dying with Carr. I think he's a great quarterback. He's played hard enough. He has a heart as a Raider, and I'd live and die with this guy. Win or lose, I kind of remember old school when uh, Madden was the coach and our team gets uh, Kenny Saver and before him, and we were winning a lot of games, but we didn't win the game, and I love that team. I love our team. Yes, I want to win Super Bowls. I'm all about that. However, I love the old school way. When this whole thing came up with free agency, it's changed the game of football. I understand that. I want to have the best team, but I also love, and will live and die by my Raiders. And I want to see Carr here till the day he retires and goes into coaching, perhaps. But uh, that's my comment. Love your show. Thanks. And uh, look forward to listening um, to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate the call, especially long distance. means a lot. This show would not survive without that streaming app. We really appreciate Raider Nation who download the Raiders app for free and listen to the show. I could not do this show, nor I would if it was just on in Vegas. That's no disrespect to anybody. It's just that I need to do a bigger show. And the only way we can do a big show is to have that streaming app going where people can hear the show. And you could just download it for free by going to the Raiders app. It's free. And you see the little radio in the corner. And you can get on board with that. 702-365-9200 as we get through here. If you want to talk about Carr and what he said, especially about the comments, that he would rather be traded. He, ra he would quit before getting traded. I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. Let me repeat that again. I'd probably quit football if I had to play for someone else. Well, if he does have to play for someone else somewhere down the road, that is the lead first question at that press conference, period. That's wherever he would end up. And, again, I want Derek to be here. But that is a pretty aggressive comment, and the national media picked up on it. JT for Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Modelo Especial is brewed with time, effort, and determination to create the model Mexican lager. Everyone knows that hard work, Deserves a fitting reward, a Pilsner-style lager, 
with a crisp, clean taste every Friday. I have a bucket of Modelo's out by the pool, and I have to have maybe two buckets this week because it is going to be 115, 117. Well, maybe that's out in Henderson. Where I am, it's about 109. Yeah, maybe 112, Bobby. Maybe 112 against those Red Rock Mountains. Either way, it's too hot. It's too hot. Should all be allowed to go on vacation for three weeks and do whatever we do on the road. My conversation's coming up. Don't want to miss Tim Neverett, voice of the Dodgers. Minicamp, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Left wing try, shot, save, rebound, save, and the loose puck to the left, another try, sliding stop, the rebound is under Flurry, they stop play, Defoley trying to reach in behind Mark, but he got it covered, wow, the Canadians incredulous, how did that not get by Flurry, the Quebec native, what a save by Flurry, how about that everybody, JT back with you, brought to you by our good friends at Iole. The new international award-winning ultra-premium tequila. Iole is an expression of excitement. So after a Golden Knights goal, celebrate by shouting Iole, H-I-J-O-L-E, a proud partner of the Vegas Silver Knights in our show. Thrilled to have a premium tequila company a part of the show as we got a lot of good partners on the show and more coming and uh, we'd love to help your business here because we love to bring identity on Raider Nation Radio to your business. Bobby said to me during the break, he goes, wouldn't it be amazing if the Islanders played the Golden Knights? Because I grew up a diehard Islander fan, but I cut the cord. So I wouldn't go in there with an Islander jersey. I wouldn't want them to do well. I'm diehard Golden Knights. It was very easy for me to cut the cord. You know, it's like, this is expansion. That's why if the A's come here, no interest. I'm a Yankee fan. And by the way, everybody who's ponying up with the A's and don't understand what the A's had to do with the Raiders leaving, and now the Raiders have come here, and the A's want to slime their way into this market, it, it, it just baffles me. You want baseball? Go ahead. I'll be in there. If the A's come here, wherever they go, I'll be there for the Yankee series with the best seats in the house pulling for the Yankees. That's it. I won't step in there. I want to say never, never, because we might have some business in there. Might have some business in there, but I'm not a fan of that carnival barker, Dave Cavill, who sits on the fence and is completely screwing the city of Oakland now as they're back here. As they get the newspaper here every day with Ed Graney on the cover and Vinnie Bonsignor. And there it is. Mick Akers, A's officials to make return visit to Vegas. Oakland A's owner John Fisher and team president Dave Cavill plan to make a return trip to Vegas next week. They're just sliming their way into this market after they signed that 10-year lease behind the Raiders' back. The Raiders were in a brutal position after that, and I've said it a million times. The Raiders, you don't have to side with the Raiders and why they left Oakland. I won't change your mind with that. But the A's now have their whole, that whole market to themselves, a much, much richer market than Oakland, with Oracle, Facebook, Apple, name every big company in the world, and they can't figure out how to raise any money and build the stadium there, and they have the fourth richest owner in sports. So it's a scam if they come here. And anybody gets associated with that, go ahead. You, you heard it from me. I've been right a lot more than I've been wrong on this topic, period. But, you know, getting back to 
what's happening in this town now. So for the Golden Knights, if they play the Islanders, for me, because they were an expansion inaugural team, it was easy to cut the cord. But I had some great memories. The Islanders brought the Stanley Cup to my high school, Farmingdale High School, every year from my freshman year to my senior year when they won because I, was, I went to a high school, a large high school on Long Island. So they would come with the cup. So growing up as kids, we all played roller hockey, street hockey, and we all loved the Islanders. And now I'm seeing it in this community. There are a lot of parents that I talk to. I say, How your, how's your kid doing in Little League? And they say, oh, he's doing great, but he's playing youth hockey. He's playing hockey for the Golden Knights travel team or this and that. It's amazing how quickly hockey has picked up in this town and how many young kids are playing the sport. So a lot of excitement here, a lot of excitement around the Golden Knights, a lot of excitement for them to put down Montreal quickly. On a side note, the Montreal fans are going crazy today because the Vegas Golden Knight fans performed the wave and had a beach ball. It's a huge topic. I keep an eye on sports. It's a big topic there. So, again, you know, it's, I look at it, I, I must be getting older where that doesn't bother me as much, but it's not a good idea to have a beach ball at a hockey game, and please don't do the wave at a hockey game. Hockey's hardcore. It's a little bit different, a little bit different than being on your phone during a baseball game and doing all that. So come, come on, everybody. Police your own section. Let's keep the beach balls to none, not at a minimum to none, and you don't have to do the wave. Okay, you don't have to do the wave. We don't need that here. 702-365-9200. Here he is. The pleasure to talk to Tim Neverett, longtime buddy here in Vegas. One of the great voices of the Dodgers, a world champion, out with a new book on the Dodgers and COVID and how he chronicled that championship. Tim, good to talk to you again, and congratulations on the new book. Uh, thanks very much, JT. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a long process last year. Uh, granted with a shortened season, but, uh, you know, it was kind of a, an interesting journey because I got to write every day. I wrote the book in real time. So uh, it was kind of a, a, a diary type format, but I, I think folks will enjoy what happened behind the scenes with the Dodgers and uh, from spring training to the shutdown all the way through the regular season that they had, which was remarkable considering it was 60 games. And then World Series run, but all the things they had to do to stay healthy and all the protocols that had to be followed and all the weird things that happened, uh, not only during quarantine, but, you know, during uh, the restart in the pandemic itself. So it's uh, it covers a lot of ground, but I, I really appreciate you uh, having me on to talk about it. You know, Tim, I'm, I'm, you're really sharp for writing this in progress during COVID because in my world, when I'm doing two radio shows when COVID happened, I told the team, the guys I worked with, I said, we got to be at our best. We got to show up every day. Sports was canceling around us left and right. Literally, we didn't know when sports was coming back. And I just dug in. I can't imagine what it must have been like for you with the limitations as a broadcaster, where you had a broadcast, and then this team's having a lot of high moments, a couple of low moments when their back was against the wall in the postseason, and you're calling games and doing your job and writing this down. Did you write the book like a journal along the way, trying to get so many pages in a day? I did, yes, and it was really the idea came to me during quarantine. It was after things were shut down and I was sent home, uh, like everybody else. Uh, we were sent home from spring training in Arizona in, in early March, and uh, while I was, you know, uh, just walking in the woods with my wife and my dog trying to figure out what to do that day, I, an idea popped into my head and said, you know, why don't I just kind of journal the season and see what happens? I mean, the Dodgers are pretty good, but it's a 60-game season, we don't have any idea what's going to happen. 
And, uh, you know, my question to her was, what happens if we actually won the World Series? Uh, You know, would people be interested in it? And she said, you absolutely have to do it. And she said, if uh, nobody wants to publish it, then at least you have a journal of the season. But um, it it turned out where there were a lot of interesting things that happened along the way. Um, You know, Oral Hershiser, by the way, the Dodger legend, uh, does the foreword and does a really in-depth forward for the book and kind of bridges – the 1988 championship season to the 2020 championship season. And he's got some really interesting thoughts. You get into his mind and what he was thinking about when he was about to make the last out against the A's and in 1988. And then he takes you right to 2020 and, and uh, all the things that happened there. But, you know, and I was so happy that he embraced the project as enthusiastically as he did. So, um, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it just kind of worked out and, uh, I'll be honest with you, when they were down 3-1 to one to the Braves in the NLCS, I was a little nervous <laughs> about the book. But uh, the fact that they, you know, they came back and won and then won the World Series made it even you know, that much more rewarding. Tim Neverett, voice of the Dodgers, the new book, COVID Curveball, an inside view of the Dodgers World Championship season of 2020. So, Tim, that's definitely where I wanted to get to next, and you started with that. Get me to the Braves series and what happened and what was the key. Down 3-1. What was being said around the team, around Major League Baseball? It sure look, and Atlanta's a very good team on top of it, that Atlanta's going to put them away and win 4-1. What turned that series? I think the fact that the Dodgers, even though they were staring elimination in the face, never felt it. They were really loose, and they came out and, and uh, uh, just you know did what they had to do. I mean, I... It was an amazing run because they felt, okay, all we have to do is go win a few more games, no big deal. And it sounds a lot easier than it is to do, and it is. It's very difficult, but they just grinded it out. They took it 24 hours at a time. And then in game six, they finished uh, uh, you know, they finished them off. And then in game seven, Cody Bellinger hits a home run. Uh, Kike Hernandez hit a home run to tie. Cody Bellinger hit a home run late. That proved to be the, the difference in it. Uh, they got great pitching, and, and really they saw the emergence of Julio Urias, uh, who came on to get the final nine outs, something he would repeat in Game 6 of the World Series. They'd leave him in to get the final nine outs, and uh, which was something that really isn't done very much today. Usually you have your seventh-inning guy, your eighth-inning guy, here's your closer, uh, or here's your lefty to match up against this particular part in the order. But Dave Roberts just had a feel. He went with a gut feeling. He'd been to the World Series a couple of times in the past already, came up empty, and 2017 and in 2018 and I think he he just kind of went against the book a little bit and left uh, Julio out there and that was one of the big differences he went with the hot hand like he would with a goalie in hockey and uh, it really worked out for them Tim Neverett, voice of the Dodgers. Tim, one big baseball topic before you go. All last week, we had Pete Rose on, a whole bunch of baseball guests. Scott Miller, guys you really respect around the league, talking about this new scandal with pitchers and the sticky substance. And Garrett Cole did not handle that press conference well. I clearly believe that he was using some type of substance. But I feel like every pitcher now has been warned. Now Major League Baseball is going to come down in the penalty phase if pitchers get caught with a sticky substance that affects spin rate. How does this affect the Dodgers or just big picture around the league? Do you really think this is a big topic for Rob Manford and he wants to clean this up and get it out of the game? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, many players, both hitters and pitchers, uh, have said it. They just want a level playing field. But, you know, stuff on the baseball has been around as long as baseball. So now they just have a way to measure spin rate. 
And so they have a way to quantify it with numbers uh, where they just didn't have the technology in the past. And now they're using that technology to measure spin rate. I know uh, I saw a report today where all around the league spin rate was down, batting averages were up, strikeouts were down, (laughs) which is kind of the, the, the whole thing because heading into last week, one quarter of every at-bat in Major League Baseball ended in a strikeout. So uh, they want to see more balls put in play. They want to see everybody on a, on a level playing field. Uh, hitters at times do want pitchers to have a grip because they don't want to lose the grip and get beaned. Uh, and pitchers, you know, they want to make sure they have a good grip too. I know in, in Japan and Korea, they use a different baseball that has uh, a tackified surface on it that lasts uh, for so many, you know, so many average pitches, but the average ball in a major league baseball game lasts for six pitches. So, you know, there's, there's been junk on baseballs that have been found for, for years. It's just now they have a way to, to measure it. And uh, what Rob Manfred wants to do is say, okay, this is an Avenue that we can take that. Yeah. It'll clean up some things, but at the same time, we'll get offense back into the game. Absolutely. Tim, congratulations on the book. Look forward to seeing you when you come out to Vegas, and we'll do it again, get you in studio and do a deep dive, maybe a podcast on it. you got a big, nice ring. It's part of your broadcast legacy that I go all the way back with. So I'm really happy that uh, this is going to work out. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. I'll let you know I'm going to be there pretty soon for like a day, and uh, maybe I'll I'll get a hold of you and I'll I'll bring the – I'll bring the bling, let you take a look at it. Thank you, Tim. I always love looking at bling. Be nice to look at more bling. Tim Neverett. Thanks, Timmy. Appreciate you coming on. Voice of the Dodgers here. And that was a big topic last week. And now as we talk to Tim, it's still a big topic as baseball has finally come down with the report. Pitchers will be ejected and suspended for 10 games for using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs. So the commissioner's office responding to record strikeouts and a league batting average at a more than half a century low said earlier today that major and minor league umpires will start regular checks of all pitchers even if the opposing managers don't request the inspections coming up. So they're going to reportedly do this at the end of innings so it won't interfere with the timeline of a game. I think it is. If you're spending two or three minutes talking to a pitcher in between innings, you can't tell me you're going to start the inning completely on time, but maybe they will. This is a big moment in baseball history, Bobby. This is going to be really interesting because I watch a lot of baseball, as you may know. I, I probably watched like four games last weekend. I could have counted at least four pitches that had something yeah, wet they all and did. shiny on their arms. And another one had like this white stuff on the back of his hat. And Yeah, they've been did, doing it for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they're going to get 10 games now. Ten games, but they're going to keep their pay. That's the problem here. Violators are subject to ejection, and decisions are not subject uh, subject to replay review. Players who refuse to cooperate with an inspection will be presumed to be in violation of the rules and ejected and suspended. So if an umpire comes up to you and says, let me feel your arm, and this sticky substance now is homemade. So it's basically pitchers, I believe Garrett Cole was the leader of this, Rosin bags will continue to be allowed, but rosin cannot be combined with sunscreen or other substances. And that's what they did. Pitchers would spray sunscreen on their arm, dab it with rosin, touch it, and they'd have better grip. Umpires will inspect rosin bags before games to make sure they are standard. It's incredible how we cheat in this country in sports. I mean, we got some of the greatest cheaters of all time in America. Lance Armstrong, A-Rod, Barry Bonds. I mean... 
do we all do we have to cheat? Why is cheating so prevalent? You go back to the Raiders and some of the, you know, paper mache <laughs> big armbands that they had. You know, Raiders with the late hit, Jack Tatum. But when you look at the history of sports now, when you knowingly, knowingly use a foreign substance and they tell you not to, if you do it again, that means you're either addicted to it mentally, you feel like you need it. And I think most pitchers now are going to just say, I'm done. I've been warned. I've been warned. I'll stop now. But what happens if their numbers crash and they were making all that money? It's a big topic. And I think Garrett Cole, my Yankee pitcher, highest paid Yankee of all time, I think he's the leader of the pack. And I won't have a problem with him at all as long as he doesn't get caught. And he stops. We're not good in this country at following rules. We really aren't. A lot of people don't like to follow rules. Well, they're going to have to in baseball. JT, final segment coming up. I'm brought to you by PT's. Happy hour 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Don't miss out. No update on uh, James, but uh, Kai had an MRI, sprained ankle, and is out tomorrow. So James Harden's going to try to play tonight. Kyrie Irving is out. So that gives Giannis Antetokounmpo an opportunity with Chris Middleton to come out and win the series and eventually, excuse me, win the game and eventually win the series. The NBA has a bit of a problem. I don't, I don't sit there and care about TV ratings because I'm not a TV executive. I don't care what you watch on TV. I care that you listen to the show. It means everything to me and my family. And I try to thank you as much as possible. But if you don't watch, if you watch The Bachelorette or The Kardashians or a soccer game or not, I could care less. Whatever you watch. But the NBA is worried about ratings now because we don't have LeBron James. We don't have Luka Doncic. We don't have Anthony Davis. We don't have New York, the Knicks, and the number one media market. And we might lose Brooklyn because of injuries. And we don't have Miami. And the Heat have been there for a while. So if you look at all this, the NBA could have and probably should. We'll see what happens with the Clippers. I think the Clippers are a big draw. Problem is there aren't many Clipper fans. There's only enough Clipper fans in L.A. to fill the arena. They don't have 2 million, 3 million Clipper fans, which is shocking when you think about it. But the Lakers own L.A. So we could have a Western Conference Finals of Utah and uh, Phoenix. And they're the sentimental favorite. And then back east, you could have Milwaukee, Atlanta. How, how would that go over? I got to do this for a living, man. I got I to sit here and find stuff to talk about. I can't get much out of Milwaukee, Atlanta. So that's where we're trending here. We'll see how it's going to happen. I think it's going to be really fascinating to see if Harden returns and he says he's going to. He's going to try to get back here. And Ronaldo broke the all-time goals record at the Euros. So as we're watching the UEFA European Group F, France won nothing over Germany. Ronaldo makes news again. Also big uh, boxing news. Another fight moved. And I, I think this is a huge, big story. Tiafimo Lopez tested positive for COVID, and his bout was moved to August 14th. There are still athletes testing positive for COVID. We would assume some of them aren't vaccinated but you could still be vaccinated and get it so we'll let these athletes tell everybody what's going to happen thanks to eddie pascal for joining us tim neverett who checked in the Derek carr long segment he had a lot to say today you'll hear that on raider nation radio 
I saw Vinny Bonsignor at practice today, minicamp. He's going to have a great show because I believe Vinny was sitting down with Derek Carr today. He was actually going to get some time to talk to him, so that should be great. Thanks to all of our partners, everybody. Just a long, solid week here on the radio. I'll be back in minicamp tomorrow, and we'll tell you about it tomorrow afternoon, noon to 2. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.